So this morning we're going to be talking about, um, there's a lot of ways you could, you could look at this text. It's, it's obviously kind of a, a long text for the lectionary. So there's a lot of different ways you could really break down the Magnificat. And I think that's maybe, you could, you could go and do a sermon on just some of the things that she says here. I mean, it's obviously one of the most famous passages. It's one of the most beloved passages in scripture uh, for a reason. But this morning I want to take a look at just the fact um, of these two women being together and what that means as uh, women setting the example and what it means to be led by women. So um, I will caveat this by obviously saying that I'm not a woman, so I even feel a little strange uh, talking about this text this morning, but I, I really want to highlight this morning the fact um, that these are two women doing uh, tremendous things in a day and age, particularly in the first century, um, where women's stories weren't highlighted. So with that being said, let's, let's, let's look at some of this. So we've seen a lot of amazing women this year, right? Uh, we've heard it said so many times, I feel like over the last few months, that it's the year of the, it's the, year of the woman. Okay, maybe I've just heard that. Um, I mean, but inspiring people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Maria Meza Castro, who was the, the woman seeking asylum with her five children at the border as they were throwing tear gas at them, uh, Christine Blasey Ford. Uh, so we've heard this refrain countless times over the course of the last few months that it's the year of, a wom uh, year of the woman. We had 120, 121 uh, uh, women that will be uh, you know, elected to Congress, the most in US history. Uh, we're witnessing leaps for equality in public life for women. Although our, our society um, is far off from our ultimate goal of equal representation and women's rights. But in our gospel text today, we're witnessing the beginning of a new divine community. Elizabeth and Mary gathering together without mention of their men. Elizabeth a, a postmenopausal post whose chances of having a child were impossible. And Mary, a young teenager whose life has just become incredibly challenging due to her low social standing and unmarried status, two unlikely women to begin a movement. The previous announcement to Mary that she is pregnant has sent her mind into a tailspin. And with the announcement that Elizabeth is also pregnant, she rushes off to be with her. Perhaps her haste is simply to confirm the divine message that Mary had just received. If Elizabeth is pregnant, then maybe the message is true. It's in their greeting that Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and celebrates Mary's pregnancy. Until this point, the Gospel of Luke, everyone is characterized by silence. Zechariah emerged from the temple mute, unable to speak. But now it's a time to cry out. Isolated, Mary and Elizabeth were in shocking scenarios, each in a personal wilderness for sure. And yet together, they are able to greet each other, creating an entirely new environment between the two of them. Running and greeting each other, it's amazing how our movements towards one another have the possibilities to create newness. Paul Simpson Duke points out that perhaps this moment is the first gathering of the Christian community. 
Here, Mary and Elizabeth depict the way of being in relationship that will continue in the lives of their two sons as women join and sustain their movement. Like their mothers, John and Jesus will create community for opp an opportunity for all kinds of people to gather and receive the grace and beauty of a shared life. These relationships are dynamic and develop a deep kinship. Sustained by the women who ended up paying Jesus' bills, women who set an example for love in the gospel stories, Mary, Mary Magdalene, Martha, Joanna, Susanna, some were even present when Jesus died, when many feared to witness the pain and suffering. From witnessing Jesus in the garden after his death, women set the example for, for the Jesus communities that formed in the first century, which often met in homes like Lydia's. Lydia's community created a gathering place for women and the poor. This movement began with one simple greeting. And this movement is exemplified and embodied in Mary and Elizabeth in this moment. Mary and Elizabeth gather in the midst of their confusion, joy, and doubt with a deep sense of the divine is at work in their lives, in their pregnancies. The hope that binds us today and creates rhythms of unforced grace began with these unlikely pregnant women. In her book, Birthing Hope, Rachel Marie Stone writes, the scandal of the incarnation is that God became a human, not by being beamed down from on high, but by being born in the usual way, clinging as a bundle of cells to the blood-rich inner wall of Mary's womb, floating in the amniotic bubble of Mary's uterus. That astonishingly strong and expansible muscle making room within her body, her hospitable body, for God the Son to develop limbs, heart, brain, fingernails, earlobes, and eyelashes. A girl was pregnant with God. A girl was pregnant with God. Despite what the future may hold, there exists a deep confidence that lives within these two women beyond short-term circumstances. The two stand in in-between moments in time, personally and communally. Mary's song, a poem that has stayed with the Christian communities since the first century, offers inspiration and a vision for hope for the lowly, God's preferential treatment for the poor. Before Jesus ever announced that his ministry was to bring good news to the poor, Mary announced it. Her soul celebrated in God. Those who find themselves lonely, gather. Find joy in your bones when society views you as an outsider or a sinner on the fringe of religion. History will find you blessed. You're on the right side. God is holy because God is in everything and everything exists in God. The powerful, the prideful, the rich, the people who wield their positions against the poor, they will be brought down. God is on the side of the poor. God has heard the cry of the oppressed. There exists an eternal current of forgiveness, acceptance. Tap into it, because it's a promise offered to everyone by God. Two women greeting each other. Two women who led the way. 
two women celebrating in the midst of strange, strange circumstances. Two women gave birth to new possibilities. Two women. This week, may we contemplate the incarnation, a developing divine child within the powerful body of a woman. May we find hope in the women in our lives. May women stir our imagination for what's possible in God's dream for our world. And may we be led into a more expansive landscape through their joy, even in the midst of our wildernesses. Let's pray. Loving God, it's hard to comprehend uh, what the two women, Elizabeth and Mary, faced in this story. But as we go about our day and we go about our week and thinking of tomorrow as Christmas Eve and Tuesday, Christmas, may we spend time thinking about that in-between moment, those difficult, unlikely scenarios and where we find our own doubts, our own burdens weighing on us. And may this story bring us hope and inspiration that God works in the midst of difficult circumstances, in the midst of short-term um, doubts, uh, that there is a seed of hope, particularly when we gather together, and that we are part of this eternal current, this long stream that began with two unlikely women.